Welcome in, everyone, and thank you for listening to the 39th ever episode of the Missouri Sports Podcast, brought to you by 106 Apparel and recording from the Revel Advertising Studio in beautiful Springfield, Missouri. I'm one of your hosts, Cameron Albert, alongside my good friend and fellow Mizzou fan, Kyle DeVries. How are you doing today, Kyle? I'm doing great today, Cameron. How are you? I'm doing very well. Good. You know why I'm great today? Yes, but go ahead. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm great because it's a beautiful day outside. And we are having a little weekend uh, getaway to Kansas City, Missouri this weekend. A classic Cameron and Kyle mess around. Yes, classic. And so we are going to go see a show. Theo Vaughn, one of our uh, our favorite comedians, is going to be in town. So if you're going to be there uh, by chance, I'll wear uh, my uh, let us Missouri know. podcast, Missouri sports podcast uh, hoodie. <laughs> you probably both will. No, we will not both because I'm saying it now. Oh, yeah. We did both wear it out to dinner last week when we went and had sushi that was really embarrassing but that's uh we i did it on purpose so that our wives would have something uh to laugh about (laughs) we kind of broke the contract that if we were going to be hanging out uh we would text one another and say i'm wearing the podcast hoodie or shirt i reserve the rights to do that to uh this time uh and i did not do that and neither did you. And I'm doing it now for this weekend. Okay, sounds good. I will not wear it this weekend. So if you see us in Kansas City at the Kansas City Improv watching Theo Vaughn, you can come say hi. Cool. But yeah, I'm super excited for that. He is hilarious if you haven't listened to him. Um, and he seems like a really good guy. And I, we just found out about him. I mean, I've only been listening to his stuff and like looking, watching his videos for like a few months now yeah i feel like we were probably around the same time because i think but he's one, like, one of us discovered him blown and up shared him yeah lately. he really has he really has so that's something to look forward to i'm really sore today uh because i had my first softball game of the year last oh, night wow. i've been playing softball for a few years here locally in springfield so uh and shout out to the friend of the podcast matt thomas who i play softball with i know you may be listening so you may be sore as well so you probably know how i feel but other than that, Cameron and I, uh, producer Cameron and I went and played some golf. I was going to ask if you were sore from golf because I, I my back wasn't. was a little sore. My mm. neck was sore. I must have done. It was kind of wow. cold. A little so. par three action. Yes. Yeah. Nice. How, how did you do? First uh, first golf outing of the. I won because I was less bad than <laughs> Cameron. That's typically how it goes for me, at least. Oh, I had a I had a couple uh, par opportunities that I squandered. One of them turned into a six because I'm, I'm a really <laughs> that, good putter. Like, I wasn't going to actually say our scores. There's but. nothing that like infuriates me faster than like missing an easy shot and mm. it just keeps like domino. Yeah, snowballing. Yeah. Yes. Anywho, um, we don't have a lot to talk about this week, but uh, we've got some news. And of course, we're going to talk about our bracket uh, group because I think I'm going to be walking out of this thing with a Missouri uh, sports podcast t-shirt and Lucky all to myself <laughs> so <laughs> but you. first a uh, few news items um if you haven't heard sophie cunningham uh, now since she just finished her career with missouri um she was selected to third team all all america the all american team how do you say that third team all american yeah, that'll work and she was the first mizzou women's player to get an all american team spot of any sort yeah that's certainly well deserved uh she probably is going to get like a statue built in columbia at some point in her lifetime yeah hopefully she doesn't do anything uh problematic and 
uh, we can just, yeah, erect a statue. <laughs> it's always it's always iffy when you put up a statue of somebody that's True. still living because, you know, they could That is uh, actually a good point that I did not think about. Make mistakes and uh, <laughs> people might call for it to be taken down. But um, hopefully that doesn't happen. I don't see why it would. We got a Norm Stewart statue. True. Uh, he's probably not going to do anything at this point. Hopefully, hopefully no, like, 10-year-old tweets come out where he was being problematic true being problematic that'll take somebody down definitely uh but yeah congratulations to sophie uh, obviously she was really fun to watch for four years and we talked a little bit about her last week and just how it was she always kind of ended her teams they always kind of ended the seasons maybe disappointingly um but she as an individual still the greatest player that Mizzou women have ever had. So yeah, it's uh, it was never a deficiency from her. Uh, we'll right. put it that way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, some other news this time on the men's side in the SEC. Uh, we recapped some of the firings last week uh, from the SEC basketball head coaching, and uh, a lot of those have rumors. At least some people looks like it's pretty uh, close to a done deal. Um, one that came out pretty recently was uh, Jerry Stackhouse has been linked to the Vanderbilt opening. Um, He's gonna... currently an assistant, I think, it, for the Memphis Grizzlies. Okay. Uh, I think. You might want to double-check that. Um, I sure will. But I think it's an interesting hire if that's what they decide to do. Yeah, you're correct. Assistant for the Grizzlies. Uh, did he go to Vanderbilt? Is no, he, he like went to an North alum? Carolina. He went to, okay, yeah. that makes sense. Uh, yeah, that seems like a, like an interesting uh, reach there, but uh, we've kind of seen maybe some NBA coaches, you know, coming down and into the college ranks. So uh, we'll, we'll see how that goes. If that's even a thing, we'll we'll see. It's not official at all. So. Right. Yeah, that's just a, a new link. That's a name that's been tossed around. Yeah, it's always interesting to see the the NBA coach come into the the college ranks and how they do with the recruiting. Um, obviously. Uh, Penny Hardaway has been, at least so far, a pretty massive success, at least with recruiting, getting the number one player in the country, James Wiseman, So, uh, along with other uh, top 100 players. So um, we'll see if, uh, if Jerry Stackhouse continues to be a name with Vanderbilt. The uh, other one that looks like it's pretty much a, a done deal is Buzz Williams to Texas A&M, which is really interesting because... Uh, his team was just playing in uh, the NCAA tournament. They just lost to Duke uh, a couple games ago. So uh, immediately finished his season with Virginia Tech. And according to some sources that I saw on Twitter, um, it's it sounds like it's pretty much a done deal. He, he, it's been reported that he told his team that he would not be coaching them anymore. Wow. Yeah, A&M was uh, very deliberate in getting – uh, Buzz Williams, like I, I remember hearing his name linked to the to the A and M job pretty much immediately after it was open, which I'm not really sure how those things work. I'm not sure how people find about find out about those things, but uh, very quickly that rumor surfaced about Buzz Williams and uh, Texas A and M having some mutual interest, and it looks like that's what's going to happen. I, I mean, I didn't even hear any other names with Texas A and M. It right. was they want Buzz Williams, and they're going to go get him. Yeah, I'm just kind of looking at Buzz Williams' uh, resume on on Ken Palm, and this was the third year in a row that he took Virginia Tech to the uh, NCAA tournament. And if you'll remember, he was, was he? coaching Marquette. 
uh, many moons ago when Missouri beat them in the NCAA tournament to get to the Sweet 16. Did he go anywhere in between Marquette and Virginia Tech? Okay. No. Uh, so that was actually his first year at Marquette, and he went to the NCAA tournament one, two, three, four, five years with them, uh, reached an Elite Eight, as well as two Sweet Sixteens, and then had uh, Virginia all the way up to the number 12 team in Ken Palm uh, this year, and they've been, they were really solid and had a really nice record in a really tough ACC. Yeah, he is a, a very underrated coach, in my opinion, and has been pretty successful uh, at both programs that you mentioned there. Uh, I'm pretty sure when he when Missouri played Marquette in the NCAA tournament back in, what was that, 08, 09? Uh, would have been March of 09. Okay, I'm pretty sure Jimmy Butler was on that Marquette team. I think he was a freshman or a sophomore. I don't think he was counted on in a huge role yet but i can Jimmy imagine there was a sophomore okay i can i can only imagine that he was probably a huge part of that team in the next couple of years after that but a little interesting note and so i guess that would mean that buzz probably did not recruit him to marquette uh no i don't think so um yeah it looks like jimmy butler played according to kempom he's they have his sophomore junior and senior seasons maybe uh, going back to 2008 for the player stats just isn't a thing on Kim Palm. I'm not sure, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, Jimmy Butler was really good as a senior at Marquette. Uh, played a ton of minutes and had a 121 offensive rating, mm-hmm. which was good for 58th in the country. And he's very good in the NBA. Yeah. Although some people might argue that he is a coach killer. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, uh, next person to talk about would be Kelvin Sampson. We talked about him last week as a potential uh, candidate for the Arkansas job. Obviously, he had led Houston to a really good season this year. Uh, they just lost a really good game to Kentucky in the NCAA tournament. But it's looking like Houston is getting uh, an extension done. They've been working on that, and I'd, it looks like as of right now, he will not be leaving Houston. Yeah, it was pretty interesting last week when we were about to do the podcast. I think the Mike Anderson news dropped just, I mean, a few minutes before we were going to record. Um, but Kelvin Sampson was tied to that to the Arkansas job originally because I think he had a connection with the current AD at Arkansas. Uh, since you've got the laptop over there, you can maybe pull up Kelvin Sampson's uh, coaching pedigree, but he has been extremely successful pretty much everywhere he's been. I think he started off like coaching in Montana or something and then went to maybe Washington State after that but I mean he's just been successful everywhere he's been from the get-go obviously had some recruiting sanctions kind of surface at Indiana and I think that's what I think it didn't he kind of disappear for a couple years and and Uh, yeah he didn't coach anywhere between uh, 2009 and 2014 okay Uh, he ended up where in 2014 Houston Houston okay he's been there since yeah so he's been super successful everywhere he's been uh, but he was at the most recent one right before Indiana was Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what was I going to say? Oh, just about he has been okay. really successful, but he yes, has had the recruiting violations. So. Yeah. Um, it's on. I mean, he's got to think about that move to Arkansas. I mean, I totally understand wanting to stay at Houston. I mean, they're going to probably offer him 
an extension, some probably decent money, probably fairly close to what he might be getting in Arkansas. Um, and I don't know, do you want to go coach at a middle-of-the-road SEC school whenever the SEC's in its like greatest form it's ever been in? Like right. Whenever you have already have something really great going at Houston? Oh, yeah. And the path, the path to uh, the NCAA tournament is at Houston is, I mean, pretty much infinitely easier than yeah. it would be at Arkansas. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, Houston, I mean, they're in a decent conference. What is it, the AAC that they're in? Yeah, the American. American. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's not a bad conference, but yeah, you're 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 right. I mean, the SEC is just really really tough right now, and obviously it's like we've talked about with the the arms race of, of coaching. Um, it is not looking like it's going to get any easier. Yeah, and you're, yeah. I mean, the the American conference is not. I mean, they're going to have multiple teams in the NCAA tournament pretty much every year. Um, when uh, Ken Palm does a thing where they rank where it ranks all the. Uh, conferences basically looks at a team that is expected to go 500 in conference play and then compares that team across conferences and the American Athletic Conference ranks sixth this year right above the Pac-12 and right below the Big East. That was going to be my first question was where did the Pac-12 rank on that list? Yeah, Pac-12 was the seventh best conference and for a while it was really bad and they kind of a few teams picked it up kind of late to yeah. uh, get those at-large bids into the NCAA tournament. But, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't – I mean, if they can give him some resources to work with, you know, where he can uh, have some money to pay some uh, pretty high-quality assistance, then mm-hmm. I don't see why he would really want to leave. Yeah, I, I'm sure that if they do offer him an extension, I'm sure I'm sure that number will be north of $2 million, and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm sure Arkansas would probably pay him around the $3 million range. So he's probably not – I mean, I don't know. It'd probably be fairly comparable, when, especially when you consider all of those external uh, things. Right. The intangibles. The intangibles. That's a great word. Um, so we need to talk about this situation with John uh, Calipari at Kentucky because I don't know if this was just a rumor or an exaggeration or what because supposedly they have offered him a lifetime contract. That basically Kentucky that he can coach Kentucky as long as he wants, and they'll pay him. <laughs> seems like whatever he wants. Yeah, uh, I saw a couple different uh, outlets kind of tweeting about that, and it was on April Fool's Day, so I was kind of like, "Is this some kind of exaggeration or fabrication?" I don't know. I'm but pretty. Sure, I mean, it's legit because I, like ESPN I think is still is. reporting it, AP News is still reporting it. So I guess UCLA may have approached him about their job opening and. UCLA is a it's a great job. It's it's a very a lot of great history and prestige. Uh, you also have to deal with a absolutely rabid fan base. I mean that's probably the case at Kentucky too. For so sure. he's used to that. But uh, yeah, I'm sure he's not even remotely interested in that UCLA job. But it probably got him a raise for the rest of his life. Sounds like so supposedly or according to SI.com, uh, UCLA offered Calipari a contract of 48 million over six years so eight million a year ucla did ucla that? Did. oh wow that is a lot um, of money but apparently he according to si calipari agreed to a lifetime contract with kentucky on monday <laughs> that's nuts i 
you probably didn't, I don't know if you have this uh, information privy to you at the moment, but uh, eight million a year would where would rank where uh, with number college one. coaches? Call it number one. I think he's already number one. Oh, okay. uh, let me look here. Because I know Conzo Martin's north of three million, yeah. and I'm pretty sure he's in like in the top ten. Yeah. At least when that contract was made. Uh, According to SI.com, Calipari is currently the highest paid basketball coach in the country and is making $9.2 million this year. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) That is just in another universe than like 99.9% of other coaches. Yeah, think about it. Like the gap between one and like you said, I think Conzo Martin was like seven. Yeah. And And it's just a little over three. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, nobody else is, is doing that. But... Nobody else has been as consistently excellent as he has, except for like uh, Coach K and Roy Williams, basically. And uh, Tom Izzo, maybe. Yeah, I was going to say Bill Self, but screw that guy. Screw him. (laughs) Um, But I do want to point out that, I, I don't know, I think, like you said, with the rabid fan bases, some Kentucky fans were maybe. That's true. Not thrilled with this news and I don't know what they're really thinking but I they I get that they're tired of losing in the elite eight but you're getting to the elite eight like more often than not sports fans are insane yeah like all rationale is gone a lot of the times in sports with certain fans like if if you were a I'm trying to think of a, a good example. Like if you were a uh, football coach, okay, so we see this in college football plenty. Um, you're a, a football coach at a big university like Georgia, for example. You get to a lot of SEC championships in your career, but you lose them all. Eventually you're going to get replaced. But I don't think you can look at getting to the elite, elite eight and losing as that because the NCAA tournament is such a crapshoot and you have to have so much go your way to make the final four let alone win win a national championship yeah I almost feel like the barometer of success should be more focused on the regular season than the NCAA tournament I mean, obviously you want to do well in the tournament and that's important but, but you have to just putting yourself in position to make a run. Yeah, is what you have to do every year. And, and he's Washington, literally doing that every year. PJ Washington was not one hundred percent. Right. Like, there's so many factors that can that can affect your success in the tournament. And I don't know, man. It's it's pretty dangerous to play that game with someone who's had that much success. I'm gonna uh, read a list here, and I know that's not great content, but just to underscore what we're talking about here, this is John Calipari's entire tenure at Kentucky. Elite Eight, Final Four, National Champions. Then they missed the tournament. We all remember, remember that. that. They, they lost to Robert Morris yes. in the first round of the NIT. Then they made the championship a game again and lost. Final Four, only won one game in the tournament. Elite Eight, Sweet 16, this year Elite Eight. Yeah, that's, that's, that's as good or better than, than anyone success. else. Yeah. yeah, I don't know who these fans are expecting... <laughs> to come in here and I mean I, I, I just don't think that Coach Cal still I, I almost don't even know if he gets the credit that he deserves for the job he does sometimes because he literally takes like freshmen who have never played at the collegiate level ever and like they always improve over the year he takes these you know these prospects that are obviously super talented but 
players that don't maybe know how to play as a team very well, and he turns them into an incredibly, you know, well-oiled machine. Like mm-hmm. every single year that they compete for championships every year. And yeah, there's literally only a handful of coaches that you can say that about. Yeah, I mean, like four or five max. Yeah, there's so many teams. And he's one of them, and, and he's getting he's getting paid like the people that need like the people that it really matters if they understand that they seem to understand it because he's getting paid like he should be for his success but uh maybe he's just not getting as appreciated like he should from the fan base yeah i just think that's gonna happen anytime you don't like win the championship you're gonna have people criticize you which is just ridiculous yeah i saw now i know a lot of people don't like uh clay travis and he uh, i think likes to stir up a lot of stuff sometimes and I don't always agree with him but I kind of like him he sometimes just plays devil's advocate and takes a stance just because it's unpopular and he but he said is uh John Calipari the John Harbaugh uh or sorry Jim Harbaugh of um college basketball comparing Jim Harbaugh at Michigan to Calipari at Kentucky and I was just like, well, first of all, he's won a national championship. Yeah. So it's no, not, it's not even close. <laughs> not a good uh, comparison. Not even remotely close. But if that's what some Kentucky fans are thinking, then I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot. Think about how many talented teams there are in the country. I mean, obviously, maybe not to quite the level that Kentucky of the talent that Kentucky has. But think about how often teams just completely squander the talent they have right and kentucky's there every single year Mm -hmm. and there's just not a whole lot you can do about a team like the perfect example is auburn this year like there's just not a whole lot you can do when a team just goes on a run like this in a single elimination tournament the you know the randomness i mean that's why the nba plays seven game series from round one all the way through the finals and they let a ton of teams into their playoffs. More than half the teams in the NBA get into the playoffs. And they play seven games so that the champion It takes is, the randomness out yeah, of it. absolutely. Yeah. But that's why we love... That's why it's March Madness. That's why it's the greatest event in sports. Yeah. It's just so insane and so random. But just for us as Mizzou fans, you got you to gotta just understand, like, getting in position to make a run that is that's a successful season every year i saw an interesting um poll that was going around on on twitter uh would you rather have a uh, a final four or an sec a final four in basketball or an sec championship in football and obviously i know what your answer is going to be but um i picked final four yeah just because that's uncharted territory for mizzou kind of and just because i personally love the tournament so much right and i think on a personal level the enjoyment obviously i would pick final four as well um the enjoyment of seeing a mizzou basketball team win those games Mm -hmm. in the ncaa tournament special that would just be you know out of this world yeah i agree and it would be something that you know that's lasting multiple weeks and obviously a Mizzou football team that wins the SEC championship would be incredibly fun to watch as well. Yeah, I just think I don't know because I just like basketball a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, that's enough for me to would vote. I would vote Final Four as well. Yeah, I'm like a dead split. Honestly, I can never decide. Like if I had to pick 
Mizzou football or basketball. I love them both equally, but I still think I pick a Final Four. But what was interesting, I think this was also maybe posed in on Twitter as well. But maybe comparing a Final Four in basketball versus a national championship in football, that might change a little bit. Just because that would be so so big for like a university oh, yeah. to win a national championship in the most popular sport mm-hmm. as far as just consumption goes. Yeah, I would. But that would I would pick, that'd be tough. I would pick national championship every time in football over just a, a final four appearance in basketball. Yeah. What about national championship either or? Uh, basketball. Yeah. Oh, man. That would be, <laughs> that'd be so tough. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's literally exactly the, the quandary that I just said I have is I, I can't, <laughs> literally can't pick which one I like better. And I love them both equally. And I mean, it, obviously, there would be the specific teams that like that would matter yeah, a little bit. That's you probably know? true. If you're like the the makeup of the team, and I mean, you as a Mizzou fan, if a if a Mizzou basketball or football team is going to be good enough to make a run like that, you're probably already going to be in love with the team because the way Missouri gets to that position is by you know kind of having guys stick around and develop and be and being better than they normally are probably right. yeah so you're already gonna be in love with those teams but i just know that i would feel more of a connection to the basketball team yeah i mean you have more opportunities to i mean this is sounds really stupid but to more opportunities to fall in love i guess they literally for, play more games yeah they so. play more games yeah you feel like you may have a better connection to these players because you literally see there's more screen time of of these players and along those same lines you literally you actually see their face you see their emotions <laughs> you see their reactions to yeah. everything yeah if you go to the game you're closer to them yeah a so, little more of a human element maybe that's i mean that's part of the reason i think i like basketball a little bit more anyway so speaking of the ncaa tournament i don't know if you guys have checked your uh, tournament challenge apps lately I have. But there's, there's been a, a development that we need to discuss. Okay. I have no idea where this is going. Absolutely no clue. <laughs> because if I look right now at the Missouri Sports Podcast group, of course, uh, uh, hired goon number 26 is at the top. But there's a guy named Cameron right behind him in second place. And what might be most alarming is Tyler Beatty himself <laughs> is sitting in third place. Now, I love Tyler Beatty. <laughs> one thing to note in this top three scenario is Tyler Beatty and Hired Goon have both uh, picked North Carolina as their national champion, whereas this person named Cameron has picked Virginia, who is still alive. So it is going to really be pretty close. Uh, as far as who comes away with the t-shirt and because hired goon props to him uh a final four of michigan state texas tech virginia and north carolina it's unfortunate that he didn't pick any of those other three teams to actually win it yeah you got a good bracket if you got three of the four final final four teams for sure yeah that's impressive so i only have two in virginia and auburn um which is bad because one of them's guaranteed to be eliminated, but is good because I'm guaranteed to get one of, well, not necessarily. Um, I need Virginia to win. And I have a really good feeling Virginia is going to beat Auburn. You should change your bracket name to Virginia's number one fan. <laughs> that's what you're about to be. Well, I might. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure how the points work exactly on ESPN, but uh, 
hired goon has um, Michigan State in the national championship game, and that obviously could still happen. So I'm going to be a really big Texas Tech fan as well yeah. in the Final Four. So what if you were to uh, win a shirt yeah. of the Missouri Sports Podcast? I'd wear it every day. You'd wear it every day. <laughs> okay, well, that's great advertising for us, so I hope yeah. you win. Was that, was that all you really wanted from that question? I just Yeah, I just wanted to know, what, what would you, how would your life improve? Like, probably, what would it be like? I'd probably auction it off, honestly, in on the black market. Would you wear it first? Game-worn, podcast-worn? I would wear it while recording. Okay. And so, yes, it would be, yeah. The value would absolutely skyrocket. Yeah. Um, I'd autograph it. You sell on the black market? Yes. Okay. Uh, autograph it, frame it, game-worn. And uh, see what I can get that for it. That would be truly special. Hopefully not work another day in my life. You remember those football cards that had little pieces of jerseys in them? Oh, yeah. yeah. We just cut that up, take a nice picture of Cameron, and... <laughs> That'd be <laughs> amazing. Make, make cards out <laughs> yeah. of it. Okay. That's one of those things where we say it and we laugh like, yeah, yeah, that's, that'd be really that'd be funny and dumb. And then we're like, oh, should we actually do it? <laughs> <laughs> I actually, uh, uh, just a quick personal note on this... Uh, Discussion. I actually know somebody who literally just in like the last month had a basketball card with like Michael Jordan, LeBron James, like and somebody else like signature and like a game like piece of their game worn jersey and stuff. I don't know all this stuff in this card and he sold it for like three thousand dollars. Like a friend of mine just did like literally within uh, the last month that happened. I think I saw that on Reddit. <laughs> you may have. Um, so those. The, I would rather have um, a game, a podcast-worn Missouri Sports Podcast T-shirt from Cameron than really anything else. So. Okay, so that's settled. When I win, I'm going to sell it to I think, Kyle. I think we should for really at least more than three thousand dollars. I think we should put it on eBay and see how much it can go for. <laughs> Start just, the bid at one penny and just see what happens. <laughs> you just said you value it at more than three thousand dollars. So true. Okay, so we could put it at three grand. Start at three. Yeah. And to see where see it goes. Yeah. Cool. I can't but wait to buy that. it now at like five. Okay. Pain. Anyway, any, anything you guys want to talk about this uh, NCAA tournament? What, what games just happened? Well, it started off kind of boring with like not a whole lot of upsets or like, and there were some close games and getting some some intriguing matchups and stuff like that. Um, I loved the Duke UCF game. I don't know that probably happened before yeah, we last. Yeah, about that. That was a great game. Uh, but I guess the the benefit of having a chalky first weekend is there's a lot of great basketball that happens later on in the tournament. So there was a ton of great games that happened like this this past weekend. Purdue Tennessee was a crazy that game. Was awesome. Um, Purdue was up big in that one. Tennessee stormed back, took the lead. It looked like they were in control, and then somehow that game ends up in overtime, and then Purdue kind of won it easily in overtime yeah. that was just crazy i mean it's a bizarre game com- like total heartbreaker for tennessee fans like i've always said like if my team's gonna lose just lose just get blown out yeah just lose like handily just don't even give me any hope well i was really rooting for tennessee just because for sec stuff and just because yeah. i had them in my bracket most of the time winning that that matchup so i was rooting for them and uh I was kind of like feeling the emotions as well. I was like, nice, they're coming back. And then like they broke my heart by, by losing. And then, so Purdue played Virginia and that game also went into overtime because of a buzzer beater on that uh, crazy play where um, Purdue fouled up three 
and Virginia missed the free throw, got the ball back, had this it like bounced be like past half court, like yeah. it was oh, an no. insane bounce. And a guy gets it and just kind of tosses it up there at, as the buzzer is going off and that, forces that was overtime. The greatest like vision, court vision, I think I've ever seen in my life the, of that guy who gathered the ball past half court and just passed it all the way across the court to that guy. It's probably that guy horrible, to that guy. Horrible for a... content, like <laughs> what, what I'm describing right now. But like, if you if you've seen the play, you know what no, I'm talking about. That's how the commentator say. There's like, oh, that guy's got it. He throws it to that guy and yeah, he shoots it. That is no. true. So that yeah, I'm really good at this. But <laughs> if you if you know what I'm talking about, that oh, was we a fantastic play. So, what are you guys' thoughts on fouling up three in that I situation? Normally, that up, so I, like, I think it's the way to go. I do too. Now, I will mention, since we always talk about Kim Pom, we love Kim Pom. Yes, we do. Kim Pom, Kim Pom, Kim Pom. He posted an article where he did some analysis, of course, <laughs> and he said it basically doesn't matter. He said, if you're up three with 10 seconds left or less, you win 96% of the time. And you win, if you foul, you win about 96% of the time. If you play it out, you win about 96% of the time. What if you foul, like, with less time, like, less than five seconds? Is I that, don't remember. I wonder if that changes anything. I, it was probably, he probably analyzed it a little bit more, but I don't remember what he said exactly. I, I like to foul up three because, I don't know, it just usually takes something. They have to make a ridiculous play. Yeah. They have to do something yeah. absurd. Like yeah, kind of like that. Well, okay, I do remember a little bit more about the uh, his blog post. They, he talked about how you... If you foul up three, you might insta-lose, which, which he is just referring to losing in regulation. Um, if you play it out, you will almost never lose in regulation. True. Like if they make the first free throw and then miss the second one and then they exactly score. Exactly what happened here. Oh, well, no, not necessarily. Um, yeah, make the first one, miss, and then get the rebound. Get the rebound and make a basket. That's a lot that has to happen, but that's the only way you're losing in overtime. Uh I mean, you could foul on a made three, uh, but that's very rare in that situation. Um, so, yeah, I agree I that, that I'm. I would tend to foul up three, but that's definitely got to be something that you practice because and you, you have to know true, what you're doing. True, but if you play it out, they've only there's basically one thing that has to happen. They've mm-hmm. got to make one shot or whatever. They've got to they've got to execute one play. Yeah. If you foul up three, then you've got to send it to the line. There's breaking the action. They gotta make the first one. There's all the suspense on the line. They gotta perfectly execute the plan for the second free throw. I feel like there's so many more hurdles that they've gotta jump through. Yeah. That's the way I've always seen it as well. Um, now, and but the, I mean, like I said, you gotta practice it, and you have to get the timing right. And um, if you, if he's, if the offensive player is able to start their shooting motion. You know, because they know yeah. that that's going to happen. It's like just get away. Yeah. <laughs> well, we the, almost the, saw that with with Auburn. I think at one point, I don't even remember if that was in the SEC tournament or the NCAA tournament, but they uh, they won a really close one and, and got lucky. I think it was that against was Kentucky. Against, uh, well, uh, I was thinking of Florida. Um, maybe it was Florida. I know a Florida yes, player. It was Florida. Uh, got f- got it was fouled. Nam- it was Nimhard. I'm pretty yeah. sure. Uh, he probably traveled before that, but he. Or he definitely traveled, and then he definitely got fouled, and, and they, they didn't, didn't call, call either, either one of them. So I guess it's a wash, but they um, got really lucky. Yes, because I I can't understand how they didn't call a foul there, but that was like a month ago now. But yeah. um, 
Yeah, I am team foul up three, but obviously that has to be something that you've worked on and you know what you're doing. It doesn't happen as much as I feel like it should. But another, another uh, quick grievance I have is why teams don't go for the two for one very often. Uh, I feel like you should always try to have a quick possession and score or, or just get get a shot up when there's like 40-ish mm-hmm. seconds left mm-hmm. because if you do that, the other team uses their full possession or whatever, then you still have there's still time left for you to, for the first team to yeah. get another possession in. And I feel like teams, when there's 40 seconds left, will just run the clock down to under 35. Yeah. Or is the shot clock 30? I can't remember. Yeah. Under yeah. whatever the shot clock is, yeah. 30 or 35. And so now the other team, you're just giving the other team the last possession. Right. When you could have had it. You may have to put up a quick shot maybe, but you've almost well, you, guaranteed again, you just yourself. have to. You have to have a plan for that sort of situation. You have to have two for one plays you have to practice a two-for-one situation and i mean you see that all the time in the nba mm-hmm. every time an nba team is in that situation they go two for one so i don't understand why college teams don't do it more they but always milk out the clock and give the other team last right. possession. i'll get it um also i think i don't understand teams that don't foul when they're losing they need to start fouling earlier in my opinion you have to extend the game as long as you possibly can and i just feel like teams wait a little bit too long um, when they try to do that they just trust themselves to make defensive stops maybe i don't know yeah well i mean like they're not even like aggressive on defense like you can even like go for a defensive stop and like just be aggressive enough right where like well if you don't get the ball you're gonna get a foul it is possible maybe foul trouble might be an issue if you start earlier I guess, but I mean, I feel like strategically, I mean, you're you're not going to have that many players. Ideally, that I that yeah. that strategy. And there's so many sense. there's so many stoppages that, you know, coaches are subbing out offense defense anyway. Um, you can, I mean, you see it in high school where there's no shot clock and they have to foul. That's the only way the that they're going to get the ball back. Coaches will sub a guy in just to go foul. So college college school, coaches could do it too. High school should have a shot clock, by the way. Oh sure, that's a massive grievance of mine. Would someone like to hire us as analysts for their team after uh, that? We will help you with we'll, your... We'll tell um, you to go for two for one. Yeah. And, and foul up three. Foul up three and start fouling early. And we will present very... And uh, if you're a high school coach, we will make you shoot in at least 35 seconds yes, every time. Yes, we will present these in a very persuasive manner. Yes. Um, what happened? Uh, Duke, <clears throat> Michigan State. I actually didn't watch that game, and well, I regret it. Well, never mind. And I'm really sad about Forget it. it. It was good, I think. Yeah, it was good. That was right before we went golfing. Correct. And Duke lost, obviously. And that's all I remember. Yeah, that's <laughs> all I it was a great game. I just uh, checked the score. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, Duke <laughs> had the ball with a chance to tie at the end. And all they were running was... ISO? They were running, yes, but a little... They would dribble hand off to Zion. And then he would try to get to the rim, and then they like Michigan State just was like, okay, we're just gonna not let that happen. I mean, it happened a few times. And, and second of all, Zion Williamson gets the ball to go in the basket. He bounces it off the backboard, and he can bounce it off the backboard in any spot, and it'll still go in. And uh, the only, I mean, you see that in the NBA with like Steph Curry and Kyrie Irving, how they can play those angles where they don't have a good look at it, and it still goes in. And somehow Zion does that where he turns the corner and it looks like the the defense is going to cut him off and he's going to have to force up this weird shot. And it's just, he just doesn't have the angle. It's not going to work out. And then he bounces it like off the, 
bottom left corner of the backboard and then it somehow goes in the basket and it just blows my mind it looks like they're going to make a great defensive play and that happened in duke's second to last possession and where they tied it and michigan state went up or something like that i can't remember but then duke had the opportunity to tie it again and it ended up um they they shut off zion and then rj barrett kind of had to force something up and it just didn't happen but what a what a game of two of like the most storied uh, college basketball programs. I feel like we've gotten that a lot recently because of the coaches that are at these programs. We've been seeing a lot of these like kind of historic matchups. Mm-hmm. It's really fun. Kind of a stylistic opposition too. I feel like between Duke and Michigan State, just they just play very differently. And Duke's obviously got the like ultra talented like NBA players, and Michigan State's probably a little more regimented. Yeah scrappier and yeah um it feels weird rooting for duke i don't know i like zion man. yeah and, I, and, I, and I, we've talked about before i like rj barrett because he was in the uh bass pro tournament of champions but for some reason coach k has kind of fallen off my list of like people i want to root for uh, something well actually i know exactly what it was it was when <laughs> it was when he uh claimed that he that there was no uh real issue with recruiting in college basketball and like, like in regards to the fbi yeah. probe like, yeah okay that's you're, not happening you're, you're lying so i kind of stopped liking him after that but yeah i definitely like zion and he, i think it's like basically a sure thing that he's gonna be the number one pick in the nba draft do you think he regrets that answer or do you think it's just whatever i don't i don't think it matters just to him never thought about it ever yeah, again probably we're petty fans we're petty <laughs> basketball cons- consumers Speaking of Petty, um, John Petty, the University of Alabama, this was some news that I forgot about. Basically, Alabama's entire team has entered the transfer portal. (laughs) (laughs) Portal. So they're not going to be at Alabama anymore. Maybe. Portal. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Didn't John Petty say, one of them said they were going to stay after after they hired Nate Oates from Buffalo. There's some news. There's some news. Nate Oates is going from Buffalo to Alabama. The big uh, Nate. Months after he uh, signed an extension with Buffalo. Yeah. The, some people were making fun of a photo of him with the athletic director shaking hands and him saying something about, you know, being here for the long haul or something. And it's just like, okay. So note to coaches, if, unless you absolutely have to, don't make those kind of statements. True. Yeah. But he's been really successful at Buffalo, and um, it'll be interesting to see what he does at, at Alabama and see if he can get some of these guys to re-buy in. Yeah. The last thing I want to talk about, unless you have something else, is Mr. Chris Beard mm. at Texas Tech because he is doing something pretty incredible, I think. Uh, he has Texas Tech now in the Final Four, and his uh, coaching resume is pretty incredible. Yeah. Um, he, this is only his third season at Texas Tech. Yeah, and I think he's only been in Division One basketball for like five years, six tops maybe. Right. Uh, he coached at Arkansas Little Rock right before Texas Tech, uh, took them to the NCAA tournament. They were really good when and, he was there. Uh, won a game as a 12 seed, and 
Last year, Texas Tech went to the Elite Eight as a three seed, and they were the number 11 team in Kimpom. This year, the number five team, another three seed, and, um, and now they're in the Final Four. I might mention, after last year, they lost everybody. They literally lost, like, all of oh, their right. production. And yeah. so every, I think Texas Tech was actually picked last in the Big 12, That's I think. And they go to the Final Four the next year after losing all their production Yeah, from a uh, Elite Eight team. It's crazy. Yeah, I, I definitely think that. This uh, is this. Is, sorry to interrupt you. This is his fourth year in Division One. He only was at Little Rock for one year. One year. Oh wow! I didn't know that. Um, yeah, I, I think he's cemented himself as a top ten, maybe better uh, coach in college basketball. He's just what he's done is absolutely insane. Dethroned Kansas from the regular season title. Yes, thank you for that. Yeah. So yeah, I just wanted to talk about that because that's. I mean. A lot, probably a lot of people still don't know about him, even though, I mean, you're going to hear a ton about him now yeah, that he's Chris Beard made the Final Four. Yeah, probably going to be, I mean, a household name in college basketball for like 30 years yeah. to come. He's just been so successful, and he's still probably fairly young. And um, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see where he goes um, because he's probably, Texas Tech, you could probably argue, is one of the worst Big 12 basketball programs just as far as resources and location go. Um, so obviously he's not going to probably stay there forever. So it'll be interesting to see if he maybe takes the next next tier up or if he maybe waits out a North Carolina or something like that because I think those kind of opportunities could be there for him. He is 46 years old, so not super young, okay. but still relatively young. So maybe not 30 years. <laughs> He'll be coaching until he's 80. <laughs> well, I just wanted to mention that. Um, anything else about... I think we forgot anything? to mention about Sophie Cunningham. She's going to be in the three-point shooting contest. Yes. Uh, I don't remember when that is, but, yeah, she's going to represent Missouri in the um, college skills. Uh, they, they have kind is that of like co-ed, a, or is it I just women's? So. Okay. Um, I think they've done it... Diff- uh, in the last five years, I think they've had it both ways. So, cool. But I know I've seen it be co-ed. Or at least the winner of the women's contest faces the winner of the men's contest in like a big gotcha. championship. A big kahuna. Oh yeah. Uh, sadly, Jordan Geist won't be there. But I think that's all, that's all I have. That took me a minute. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That's. Uh, I think that's all I've got for the folks. Uh, you can find this podcast on Google Podcast, iTunes Podcast app, and Spotify. You can tweet us at Mizzou Sports Pod. And you can email us at missourisportspod at gmail.com. And you can find me on Twitter at C underscore Albert 08. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We will see you next week.